When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Some adjustments. Now y'all know I always go live when they're in the middle of talking. I just like to, you guys to hear all the. You know, to see all what we're talking about here. All the pregame discussion uh, that, that's going on. Um, all about next fantasy draft. Here we go. We're, we're back with talking preps and uh, Grice is uh, that's the wrong thing. Grice is uh, doing his uh, his fantasy draft as we speak. I'm getting it going. <laughs> you heard it. It's my pick. <laughs> It's your pick. Who you going with, Grice? Man, I don't know, man. I thought you was going to have me looking. Grice, you need a tight end. Pick a tight end. Are y'all in a stress right now? Pick him, Grice. Pick him. I'm not big. I'm not big. I'm not Hunter Henry. Check Hunter Henry or Rob Gronkowski. I don't know. Rob Gronkowski. Here we go. This news was just handed to me, guys. Up in Raleigh, let me take the uh, overlay off. But up in Raleigh, um, Danny Benjamin of the ABC Science Collaborative told the Wake County School Board that basically he thinks they need high school vaccinations for athletes in order to avoid sickness and possibly deaths. And I want and Sam, I know you don't believe in the vaccine. I just want to get your reaction when you see something like this. Like, are they are they trying to say it's making we're making it mandatory? What's the no deal? no? He he's saying that um, you know we need to need to vaccinate to avoid athletes getting sick or, or even dying because of, of the way I look at it. If if you're fearful of someone in your family, or someone in your family is fearful, or yourself is fearful, and that's and that's what makes you not afraid, go get it. There's zero chance I'll ever get a vaccination. Don't need it. I don't. I don't. I don't I know y'all gonna be like, oh, da, 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 da. flipping. Listen, if y'all yeah, yeah. get all the power to you, don't ask me to get it. I'm not gonna do it. I feel like I I train my body the way it's supposed to be. I don't think, um, like you see this shirt as this child of God. Like, I don't think me getting the vaccination is gonna change an outcome that's already predestined. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I don't I need. Do. And I do. I know Gary vehemently disagrees with you. Gary, your thoughts about what Sam is saying and also what Danny Benjamin told the Wake County School Board today. Well, he's just another person in a long line of doctors, scientists who, who've given people the facts. Um, and we know this is it's, it's, it's driven by misinformation as to why we haven't reached the 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 level of vaccinations that we need to be be at. Um, I think at this point, um, it's hard to change people's minds. You know, we've tried to change Sam's mind, um, <laughs> but it is what it is. And, you know, I took the shot. Most people I know have taken the shot. And, you know, I would hope more athletes would take the shot. But at this stage in the game, I think people's mind are, is made up one way or the other. I'm just so glad Dell's not on right now. 
<laughs> just like him shaking his head at me the whole deal. <laughs> I mean, it's just. Nice. I think it, like here's the thing, Gary. Do you get the flu shot every year? I get it every year. See, I, I'm a guy that never gets the flu shot, and I don't get the flu. The one time I got the flu shot about 10, 11 years ago, I got the flu. I was like, there's no way I'll ever do this ever again in my life. And I don't get the flu either because I get the shot every year. Yeah. But that's All fine. Right. That's All what right. I'm saying. That's fine. But I'm just. All right. Well, we, we've had this argument quite a bit behind the scenes on text and, and on phone calls. But we got a new segment this week because Gary keeps writing these new segments. Uh, he writes the show every week. So here we go with the rundown. <laughs> What are we talking about? The quality of the respective institutions in the engineering schools? <laughs> I'll take that to be a no. Oh, that was Alex's best response. Chris, what do you think? You know, I think they can. Uh, I've seen a Clemson team this week that just does not look like the Clemson teams of old. Uh, they are obviously challenged uh, at the quarterback position. Uh, State, if you look back, even during some of Clemson's best years, even the Trevor Lawrence years, State always played Clemson very well. Uh, State's roster is vastly improved. I think it's a pretty good team. Now, am I going to sit here and say State's going to be Clemson? Not a chance. But do I think they can play them tough? Yeah, I think they can. I don't think Clemson's what Clemson was, and I, I don't think the ACC is going to get a team in the Final Four either. So, it's a wow. weaker division. Wow. New, new wow. year. Wow. All right, Gary, who wins the Coastal Division ACC? Uh, it's still up for grabs. Um, You're not going to say who I thought you were going to say. Yeah, well, hey, what about your Carolina boys? All our chat. Hey, all I heard listen, Sam Howell listen, Carolina. I was not happy with three phases of the Carolina game the other night. One, the offensive line. You had a veteran offensive line returning, and they just got manhandled. The ACC offensive lines across the board didn't do very well. Florida right. State did do pretty well down in the second. Then the wide receivers, they couldn't get any separation. And then my pet peeve, more than anything in football, is tackling. They didn't tackle well. You know, right. I'm, maybe because it's game one. A lot of teams don't tackle well the first game. But right. – um, those three things worry me about Carolina. So um, I think Virginia Tech played a great game, but we know they go up and down. Miami is an up and down team. I just think it's wide open. Grace, who's going to win ACC Coastal? I I still think Carolina, man. I, mean, I know you know Gary has you know the opportunity to to kind of weigh on both ends of the scale. I mean, I think still think Carolina is one of the most talented teams. I thought Week One was just a big over you know overreaction. I think from a lot of people, Clemson still is a, a really good team. As we saw, Georgia's a really good team. You don't stack that many top recruiting classes for nothing. That still was a one score game. Let's all still be very clear about a lot of that. Carolina as well. I mean, I think Carolina struggled, but. 
you know, they'll kind of pick it up. And again, they have the talent, I think. And, and I think that's going to override a lot of these teams in the Coastal. The Coastal's been a crapshoot for the last daggum eight years. It's still going to be the same. Chris, the Duke Mayo Bowl was a major success. Gary was at the game. He told me it was an incredible environment. Who do you want to see next year at the Duke Mayo Classic? Well, you know, I like the, you know, the Georgia Clemson angle, the ACC, SEC. But, you know, with this new impending alliance with the ACC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12, I would like to see a UCLA or an Ohio State kind of get some more national flair to it, bring some teams in from further away. Uh, maybe a Texas with that big travel squad just to kind of really fill the stadium. But uh, it, to me, it don't matter. The fans win. It was a great environment. Alex, you got another one-liner. Who should be at the Duke Mayo Classic next year? Anybody who can put more fans in the stadium as opposed to some of the fiascos we saw this past week. We all know that there were enough. There was enough bad football that was played that some of these colleges couldn't pack Memorial Stadium again. That's how bad some of this stuff was. But so Duke, I mean, uh, Clemson, Georgia was. I mean, it was, wasn't offensive, but it was a pretty good game defensively. So, so who, who should be in the Duke's Mayo Classic? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. Maybe somebody's calling right now. I'll tell you who should be in the Duke's Mayo Classic next year. I don't see any reason why Julius Chambers High School shouldn't. Be. <laughs> oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. I mean, I mean let's just be honest about it. They're going to have a senior tailback who's better than half the nonsense we saw on the field last week. All right. Grace, let's I'll, take my, I'll, I'll take my chances on on, on, uh, on Glenwood Ferriby and his crew. Doing, having a better opportunity to pack that stadium than some of these joke teams that we've seen these past couple of weeks at the college level who would struggle to pack a refurbished Memorial Stadium even without the disco carpet in the press box. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, Grice, Max Kellum was out at first take. Who should get the chair? Who should take his place? Man, I've been a big Bomani Jones fan. I, I love, you know, his podcast. I love everything that he does. I think he gives great, you know, great fact-based rationale to a lot of the conversations. And I think would kind of bring back a lot of the, you know, take away a lot of the nonsense and bring some real common sense to some of these shows. I think, you know, Mr. You know, Shay Shay does a great job and, you know, with, with the Fox show of getting that there, I think Bomani would be a great addition there. All right. And uh, Gary, what do you think? Ryan Clark. I think he's Ooh, well, okay. All right. All I like right. Ryan Clark. My second choice would be Dominic Foxworth. I, I'd rather... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. See, those two get a show together and, and get Stephen A. Smith off of there because he's becoming a, a clown. Parody of himself? Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, Grace, how many games are the Panthers going to win? Woo! Looking at that schedule, I mean, I think I feel like last year, I can't remember what I said, but I felt like I was pretty close. I think that's why you're asking me again. I, I, it's going to be hard for them to win more than seven. I mean, I'll, I'll go six. I, I just don't think that they're there yet. I mean, I think they've, they've got, you know, it's promising and they're trying to put together that, all, that offensive line. But I don't know. When I look at that schedule, I don't know if I see more than six, seven wins. Gary, give me a number. Um, 
I'm, I'm looking at the history of Matt Rule and his teams make big jumps the second year. Uh, they're playing a last place schedule on top of it. So I'm going to give them nine and eight. But I, I'm like Grice. I worry about the offensive line. And unless the Panthers have had hired Ghostbusters, you know, Sam, it's kind of seeing ghosts. All right. Uh, who has the best looking uniforms, Chris Hughes, the guru, in high school football? Uh, you know, schools that have the traditional look that don't have to change with fads, that don't have to change their helmets every year, that don't do all these crazy uniforms. You know, I'm the old guy. I probably shouldn't be asked this question because kids don't like this. But, you know, I like the schools that have kept the same. You know, Richmond's always had that diamond R. Canapolis has always had that big K. You know, schools like that that keep it traditional, uh, that's the teams I like. I know that don't necessarily go well with the kids, and, and maybe that's why I'm here on the sidelines and not coaching the team now. <laughs> But, but, you know, that's just what I like. Mark Laughlin says Weddington has the best. He uh, he had a good time, Gary, picking at your boy Mac Brown earlier. He said Mike was over. Uh-oh. Um, Gary deserves all that. Alex, mm-hmm. Alex, who has the best-looking uniforms in high school? Real quick, 10 seconds. <laughs> oh, no more one-liners? I was on a roll, man. 10 seconds. Who is it? It's very tough to top the Richmond Raiders when you throw that tradition in. When you throw the old, when you throw the old gold, the all gold look in there. That diamond and that diamond has uh, turned golden with seven state championships tied with Independence for the most and the largest classification. It's it's classic. It's timeless and and most importantly, that gold uh, carries over to uh, rings on fingers as well. It's I very, agree. Shelby, too. It's, it's very tough to top, Richard. Dude, I, I really like – we got my man Jalen Swindell in the back. I really like those new Chambers uniforms. They're pretty hot. All right, Sean, what did you see? Alex was in Fuquay Marina. They got a big win. Everybody was dancing after the game. Alex got the interview with the coach post-game. Here we go. Nine yards to go. And you, you you basically put it in Connor's hands on that last drive. We said we said we're going to take that last drive. It's going to take the six minutes and let's go score and be gone. Let's get out of here. We wanted to actually wish our quarterback would have held it a little longer before he snapped it, but uh, he did an amazing job tonight. Luke Pagano stepped in for Indicating Castle and did an amazing job. It's hard to put this kind of offense on a quarterback that's had a, basically a week to practice it. And, uh, he did an amazing job, but yeah, we hey, we ain't got to line up in five wide and throw it all over the dang airport. So hey, we just gonna run the ball and get what we that's what we do. It's what we feel comfortable. Talking about Connor on that drive. Connor was amazing on that drive. He came to me before that. He said, "I don't like it, but what do you like? I don't like this score. Let's go do it." He wanted it. That's big time. I told him, big time players stepped up in big time situations, and he did it. All right, over in Charlotte, Grice's team finally got on the field last week. <laughs> got a dub. Uh, we had, who was over that game? We had uh, Tim Benelli had to report from that game. Here we go. It was amazing. We, we all missed it. It was great to be out here. And uh, talk about the COVID and how that affected everything. And you had it too, right? Oh, I didn't have COVID personally, but, you know, it threw us off completely. But we came back strong. You know, we did our thing. We got the win. So the slow start, you know, we came out, hadn't played a game yet. They played two games, I think, before that, but we got it going right after that, got that touchdown, and then that's what set it up. So at halftime, I was cramping, you know, coach came up to me, he was like, we need you on defense, we need you to get back in there. I came back, first play, saw it, I baited the quarterback, came and scooped the pickup, you know, everybody was excited, and then that set the game up. 
Just talk about the COVID and how that just wrecked things for you guys early on with the season. Um, so I was one of the people that caught COVID. Mm. Um, I caught COVID two weeks ago when Myers Park at um, Butler played. And it was bad because we had multiple people with it. But we came back the next week. Everybody was prepared to get back right and back in shape. And that's what we did. How good was it to finally get out here and play, especially in front of your home fans? Oh, it was amazing. Um, I told everybody to come out, show support, you know, uh, come watch us play our first home game. And then that's what everybody did. Um, at the end of the day, you got to appreciate the chance just to play, uh, especially through everything that we've been through mm. and, and uh, just missed opportunities. And then you get start to get concerned about from a competitive standpoint, you're like two, three weeks behind teams. So, uh, and then playing Providence tonight, and Coach Ward's club, I mean, that's, a really good team, man. So uh, to come out with a win is a huge blessing for us. Coach, just talk about uh, this COVID thing. It seemed to have hit Mallard Creek harder than anybody, unfortunately. Heck, you talking about hit Mallard Creek? Hit me, some of the coaches, and um, tons of players. Uh, so it's not fun at all, man. And uh, you definitely makes you appreciate the opportunity to play. Uh, it definitely, I think, I think we thought we were out of it. To be honest, just based off of the habit of mm -hmm. going back to normal. Mm -hmm. And then when it hit, um, then it hit hard. All right. And the last one we read was Audrey Kell got a shot at uh, Marvin Ridge last week. Marvin Ridge had been really hot. And Audrey Kell eventually did a number on Josh, Josh with Switzer had a big night tonight. Um, what, what was it that you seem to be in the, in the right place at the right time a lot? I mean, I got to thank Coach Green for just putting me putting me in the position. And then, I mean, obviously, I love my defensive line. Just always, I, if the quarterback's hurried, it helps it helps the safety a lot, obviously. And then all my DBs, Jameer, come here. Hey, all my DBs, they, they can't throw it to all my guys. We, we all there. We all there. Yes, sir. Um, it, it, when, when they had that pick six against y'all, y'all just came and bounced right back again, didn't you? Uh, yes, sir. We, uh, the captains, we got together there at halftime, and we just we talked to the team, and we essentially said, hey, it's one play. We're a better team. We know we're better. Just play how we know how to play. And then, I mean, we did as much as we could, and the team bought it. And, I mean, I'm proud of the way we came out. Offensive line stepped it up second half. I mean, Jack had time. Jack, obviously, I can't speak on him. And, <laughs> like, he played well. Jack Barker, all my receivers. Yes, sir. I loved it. Last, last week we had a couple of little issues on defense and we went back and practice last week and cleaned them up and we just asked our kids that you know we got to get better every week and I thought we had a big improvement from last week to this week. Um, our D-line played really well, got pressure on the quarterback, stopped the run well, and our secondary is really fast. They play aggressive. Um, linebackers, you know, did a great job. So just an overall defense, I thought we played a good game. That first half was kind of like a war of attrition, strange things, you yeah. know. But you bounced back after that pick six, it seemed like. Yeah. I mean, we had some momentum going early, and then they got a big momentum play. And, you know, we just try to play, play the first half, go make our adjustments, and we try to win the second half no matter what the score is. And kids did a good job of, um, you know, adjusting to the coach's plan and coming out and playing a great second half. All right, so we got new faces on the screen. We got my man Jalen Swindell out of uh, Chambers. I always want to say Vance. I, I, I got to get Vance at my head out of Chambers High School. Welcome to the game show, Jalen. You know the deal. You get to take that man right above you, Sam Ryder, down. Tell him what you're going to do to him. Tell him. He already know it. He already know what it is. Swindell, man. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Only way you have a chance they gave you the answers, brother. Right. Nah, nah. I don't know the questions. I don't know the questions. You want to um, compete for the hats? Yeah, that's cool. 
That's that what work. it is now. Oh, <laughs> hey, Swim Down, first, before we get started, man, tell us about your injury. How long are you going to be out, and how long is it before we see you back? Um, well, I go to the doctor tomorrow to get the final, um, you know, the final word. But as of right now, they said I got six weeks. So, All right, I know, I know that's tough to sit out. Uh, talk, talk about the season so far. You guys come out gangbusters. I mean, Chambers not afraid to play anybody anytime, and it seems like you guys always want to go on the road to play yeah. people in their home, their home field. Uh, talk about the season so far for your team. What you see ahead? Um, we look, we looking pretty good. You know, it's just some some places where we gotta you know get stronger at, get better at. But every day they come to practice, ready to work. So it just makes it easier every day by day. Just make sure that you're out when we play you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I think I actually that's the week that I'll be back. Against you know, you know, one of your best friends is on our team, obviously, in Dave yeah. McDowell. That's mm-hmm. that's Swindell. That's like his dude right there. So. Yeah, that's my brother. Yeah, he talks very highly about you, man. I'm proud of you. I know that um, you're you're committed to Wake Forest, correct? Yeah, I know. Um, I like that shirt Greg's had on. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. All right, brother. Proud of you. Uh, you get some love. I, I can't get on the screen right, but you get some love <laughs> yeah, from uh, from somebody. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you, um, how is it that uh, Coach Farabee has been able to come in and get you guys to do so well so fast? Normally it takes the coach a little while to kind of yeah. get going. What is it about Farabee? You guys seem to have fun over there. I know we talked about that when I came up for practice. Yeah, um, really, Coach, he just didn't come in, you know, trying to just, like, destroy everything that we've been doing. He, like, you know, he learned from us, and we learned from him, and we just put it together, made a puzzle. Uh, that's all it was. Seems like a puzzle. I like yeah. it. Seems like it's working pretty well. All right, let's get to it, man. You know what you hear? Hey, man, hey, yeah. he already counting on you. He already on you. Hey, you can't have daddy helping him out with these questions. You got to put your phone down or something. We can't. I can't be cheating. Wendell, I, I need you, man, because Sam's ego is out of control right now. We got to have somebody. Grice, chill in the back. God damn it. Here we go. Brother, I'm not MJ, just Coach Griner, but I'm the GOAT of the game show. Oh God, that, that thing gets me every time. <laughs> All right, let me let me get the lower third out of there. All right, uh, who's up first? Chelsea, let's go. Yeah. All right. Georgia beat Clemson ten to three Saturday, and former Mallard Creek D. Oh my gosh, D line Jordan Davis was the star. Which Georgia teammate of his played at West Forsyth High School? A. Jared Wilson. B. Darion Kendrick, C, Noah Jones, or D, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins. Okay, so Sam makes the visitor go first every time, so Swindell is on you. Who, which which one is asking the correct one? West Forsyth. Um, I'm going to go B. B, Darion Kendrick. Sam Griner, what you got? Man, I really don't know this. I thought I should know something like this. Let me think. Oh, here we go. We got I'm a go, in it, Sam. I'm going to go D. D, the Tarion? Yeah. The answer's A, Jared Wilson, so we are locked I, up at 0-0. Zero, zero. 
Something told me to choose a man. Yeah, you should have man. I, I, I'm, pulling, I'm pulling for you, dog. I'm DK DK was the guy that went to Clemson that came from yeah. South, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so uh, let's see. We got Dale up next, and here's the question. Let me get on screen. Okay, back to that uh, Clemson game. And in that Georgia game, the Bulldogs held Clemson to a net two yards rushing. Who led Clemson in rushing for the game? Lynn Dixon, A. B. Will Shipley, C. Kobe Pace, D. DJ Ungalele. Sam Griner. I'm going to give a little love to Will Shipley. I didn't pay close enough attention to this game. I was traveling back, but I'm going to yeah. give him some love here because he'll right. come. If I don't give him love, you know that's like going to be on our show the next week and giving me crap. This is true. This is true. So, Wendell, what you got? Yeah, I was going B. He took my answer. I was going B, too. All right. The answer is Lynn Dixon. He ran one time for 10 yards. So, we're still tied to 0-0. Zero, zero. That was the high. The 10 yards was Wait. the highest rusher? 10 yards was the highest rusher. And, they, and the, today, the offense quarter came out and said he should have run the ball more. Which so is big. you mean like wow. they, he had the longest rush in the game? or the, No, the he had most the most yards rushing individually for anybody on Clemson's team. Oh, my Shipping God. Second was seven. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Let's go. All right. Three of these popular rappers appear on both Kanye West's new Donda album and on Drake's Certified Lover Boy. Which rapper only appears on one record? A, Jay-Z. B, Travis Scott. C, Lil Baby. Or D, Playboy Cardi. All right, Swindell, it's on you. I don't listen to Kanye West. Uh, That's that biblical stuff, baby. You better get right. <laughs> These are both really good albums. I think I like Donna Swipe bit more, but they're both really good albums. I'm going to see. I'm going to baby. Sammy, yeah. what you got? Definitely not going to see. Which rapper only appears on one record? Yeah, you got to start getting uh, that music out for Sam. No, let me see here. So you're saying one of these four did, did not appear on Kanye's. One of these four did not appear on Kanye's record. I'm going to go with C as well. <laughs> D, Playboy Cardi. So we, you know what, like, I think Cardi actually does on Kanye's. According, yeah, to, according to the yeah. music level, he was only on one. Uh-huh. All right, so. This, this is, wow. This is like the weirdest question <laughs> ever, man. Oh, yeah. We're slacking on the questions. <laughs> no, we're doing pretty good. You guys are slacking on the answers. Dale. Not true. That's true. Dale. Yep. Which actor plays the popular Thor character in the Marvel Comics movie? A, Chris Hemsworth. B, Chris Evans. C, Lim Hemsworth. D, Chris Pratt. Samuel. I think it's D... But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with A. All right, Swindell, what you got? I was going A. 
That's your answer. You both got it right. It's Chris Hemsworth. Like you got to let him wait a second. He was about to change his answer. Like, nah, nah. I was going A. That was my My answer. bad. I, I mean, he got it right. <laughs> He's like, I was going to go A. And then you were like, you got it right. Nah, I was going <laughs> A. All right. So we are, we are tied going into the last question. And Chelsea has our last question on the screen. Here we go. What is James St. Patrick's nickname on the show Power? A, Spirit, B, Nino, C, Blue, or D, Ghost? Swindell's on you. Uh, I'm going D. D for Ghost. What you guys saying? Yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to roll with Ghost, too. So you're just cheating, Sam. You're just trying to get a tie. <laughs> I just, the only one I know is the, the white dude, Ghost. That's the only one I know. It's not, the white, it's not the white guy, it's the black guy. He is ghost. The answer is ghost. So you guys both have it correct. Oh, we have another we have another tie, which is just insane. And, and the belt stays with me. So, so Swindell, you gotta Swindell. Swindell, the week of the West Charlotte game, you gotta come back. Yeah, definitely. All right, definitely. the week of the West Charlotte game, because we gotta like see who's gonna win these hats. Well, Swindell ain't playing that week anyway, so it doesn't matter. Nah, that's the week I'll be back. Actually. No, 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 that's dangerous, man. You get a lot of love out there, Swindell. You get a lot of love from folks out there. It's good seeing you, man. Good seeing you too, Coach. Hey, thanks all for coming right. on. Good luck, man. Come back quickly, all right? Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, man. Take care, sir. You too. That's my man, Dale Swindell, out of change. You're trying to tell me um, Little Baby was on Kanye West's uh, yes. album. Yes. The, the, the new one, Little Baby. Yes, yeah, Little Baby. I thought there's like no cursing and, in that album. Baby. I thought there's no cursing in that album. Uh, I mean, they they didn't. He had a one where Andre 3000 had cursing on it and they had to take it off, and apparently that was the best song on the album. All right, um, we have to go and find out what is on Gary Richmond's mind. He's got a lot to talk about, so here we go. Hey, everybody. Great weekend of college football. Uh, who had it worse, the ACC or the Pac-10? Um, the dominant ACC powers, Clemson, Miami, Carolina, even Duke, lost games that they were expected to win. Maybe not Miami, but Miami didn't play well at all against the best team in the country. But the Pac-12 had it worse. They lost to some FCS teams. Um, the only good thing about the Pac-12 is you had um, UCLA defeating LSU. Maybe the ACC and the Pac-12 need an alliance so somebody will watch them play. Because right now, they're still pretenders in college football. <laughs> Sam Howell had the worst game probably of his career. Are his Heisman hopes over? I don't think so. There's still opportunities uh, to play well. I think Carolina would need to go 10 and two. He would have to have great games on national TV versus the likes of Miami, Notre Dame, uh, FSU, Virginia. He needs to play lights out in those games and lead Carolina to the ACC championship and play well in the ACC championship. Uh, I think that's his only hope of regaining uh, conversation in the Heisman competition. Wow, how should the 
state association handle playoff qualifying with teams missing games. I think every team should be measured as to whether or not they played 80% of their conference games. Um, If that's not possible, then each conference should agree on where they go by conference standings or overall winning percentage. Uh, We've already had a ton of cancellations and we're probably going to have some more. And so I think the state should give each high school conference uh, the ability to set the standards for playoff qualifications. Should we have vaccine mandates for fans to attend high school games? Um, Not at the present time. I don't think so. I think that's something that um, is going to be determined by the metrics as the school year goes along. We know from last year that at Thanksgiving and the Christmas holidays that the numbers rose dramatically. Um, I think if we reach that point uh, during the winter seasons of basketball and wrestling and, and the other winter sports, then maybe you could come up with some type of mandate. I think it's too late. We're in the middle of the season already to say that students or fans should have a mandate um, to be vaccinated. I don't think that's fair, changing the rules in the middle of the season. This is a big one. They had a shooting at New Hanover. Um, New Hanover asked to postpone the game with Leesville Road. Uh, They wanted to move the game from, it was originally scheduled on a Thursday, and they wanted to move it to Friday. And Leesville Rose basically said no. Uh, You have to put yourself in in, on both sides of the equation. Um, The mental health of the kids at New Hanover is more important than any football game. At the same time, Leesville Road probably scheduled the game on a Thursday because Friday was a holiday. It's going to be hard to get officials on short notice. It's going to be hard to get uh, people to work in concession stands on short notice, maybe even to get police security. Uh, I don't think it should have been called a forfeit, Kyle. Uh, I just think that both teams should have been short a game. Should the um, opportunity arise to play it later in the year before the state playoffs, maybe they could have gotten the game in, but to call it a forfeit, I think would be insensitive on the part of, of Leesville. And then at the same time, I think New Hanover needs to understand if the kids' mental health is not going to be right on Thursday, what makes you think it's going to be right on Friday? That's only 24 hours later. So um, I think they should have come to some type of compromise, which seems that they haven't been able to yet. All right, so this week I interviewed uh, class of 2022 quarterback Amir Mills James from Southeast Raleigh. And with him being in the Cap 7 Conference, he's a player I've seen play multiple times. Um, I actually interviewed him last year with Chris on NC Preps. So this year he was one of the athletes who reached out to me for News and Observer. And to other athletes watching this, if you want to be featured on the show, my Twitter is at Chelsea Sipple. Just send me a DM and I'd love to schedule an interview to talk to you. So... Yeah, he's a great kid, and I'm glad I got to chat with him.
that's pretty cool, Chelsea. And and, and I, I'm I'm enjoying watching you branch out and really talk to these athletes across the state. How how, how has the conversations been? Do you find that these kids, uh, these student athletes, are receptive and, and enjoying these uh, interviews? Yeah, I mean, I think especially in times of COVID, you know, any opportunity for exposure, they're so grateful for. So anytime I reach out to a kid or they reach out to me, we're both mutually, you know, full going to schedule an interview and get them featured. Good deal. <laughs>
All right, great job, Chelsea. Amir's a very well-spoken guy, but I would expect yeah. nothing less from a guy that plays for Coach E.J. Campbell. They do a great job up there. Um, former Chambers guy, EJ. Uh, but anyway, Chelsea, great job. I uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Dale, I got to ask, uh, what are you cooking this week? So something I think Chelsea would eat. Um, I guess the best thing to do is just look and see what's happening. It is stuff I did, so didn't buy it. Would you? Frank's Red Hot Sauce. Bragg's unfiltered raw apple cider vinegar. Let's do this. Some of the burgers will get this. That's my barbecue rub. Some of the burgers will get this because this is a little hotter. Then I'm going to put some Maple smokehouse on it. I'll put it on both. We have in here some hardwoods. We have some apple and cherry woods. And then have some apple coals. We probe our meat here so that we cook things to the temperature that we're after. We just cook them till they split. Outside's the right color that we're after. I think the burgers are ready. Hot dogs are ready for some people. And there's a few there for me. How to make Harris Teeter slaw better for your hamburgers and your hot dogs. We'll get a little bit of mayonnaise. Mm. Bragg apple cider vinegar. Your um, slaw that you buy has apple cider vinegar in it. It has vinegar in it. Franks. Looks about right. Let's give it a taste. Good. So how did we do? Let's find out. Always yummy. Mm-hmm. Alka-Seltzer, you know, just <laughs> you see those guys at the game Saturday night racing down a jug of mayonnaise? Uh. Oh. Uh. All right, guys, uh, we're going right into Mr. Football. Um, no big. All right, no real changes this week on the Mr. Football watch list. It's about the same as it was last week, uh, but we most of the teams, a lot of the teams had the week off last week, and a lot more, very few teams play this week. Uh, so, you know, a lot of off weeks kind of going into that conference races. Uh, but, guys, what do you think? 
I mean, I think it's everything you're saying, Chris. I mean, you know, we're preparing to get right into conference where we'll see a lot of these teams match up here shortly. Uh, that Chambers-Huff game is impending here in a few weeks. I think, you know, we'll see a lot of these names change as they face other big-time competition and really get to see who's the better of the bunch. Yeah, Coach Griner, who sticks out to you? Well, I think Christian Hamilton had an outstanding game this past uh, Friday. I don't know his exact stats, but – I saw a few highlights, and I felt like he scored at least two times in the air, and uh, he was very explosive. He plays both ways, too. So I like guys that are able to help their team out and go both ways. I know he's one of them. And at Griner, who does he play this week? Chambers. That's going to be a yeah, real so big yeah. test this week. Get a little big test this week. Yeah. Bentley, him and Bentley, that's gonna be, uh, they're going to need all of their performance in that game Friday night. I think if guys are – major D1 recruits like all of these guys are, they should be able to play both ways. Um, that should be a standard almost for most D1 recruits outside of the quarterback position. They should be good enough that they can play on both sides of the ball if they're good enough to play major college football. Yeah. Hey, Alex or, or anybody really, are there any hot players kind of right here on the edge that uh, you think are worthy of kind of hopping on this list? I mean, I like our list a lot. I think Alex is on, Alex on mute. We can't hear you, Alex. He had so many uh, hot takes, he burned up his mic. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so, sorry about that. Uh, the, the list is pretty solid right now. I will take this opportunity to uh, disagree in gentleman's style with what Gary said about playing both ways. You should be able to play both ways. I'll give you that. The reality of the game, particularly the highest level of football, particularly in North Carolina, I want to go back to arguably Independence's best state championship team, and that was Chris Leak's junior year, 2001, and beat Wilmington Laney, which was a very good team, but ran into the wrong Independence team. Laney had four kids going both ways in that game. And that's, you just can't do that against well, that kind that's, of that's, that's unreal. So here's the rule of thumb. If you have a guy, okay, and I understand what you're saying, Alex, here, but this is where I, I – there was teams that I've coached that I didn't need someone to go both ways because the drop-off wasn't significant enough. Say you have a wide receiver that's legit. He's a wide receiver like Christian Hamilton is going to go to college and play wide receiver, right? But your DB on the other side, okay, it's a significant drop-off. You're saying Christian's like an A-minus player, but the next guy up is a C player. You know, you have to play. He has to two-platoon it, and you get him rest uh, periodically on the other side of the ball. You don't have to play both ways the whole game, but if there's a significant drop-off, you have to do that. Um, that independence team you're talking about, you're talking about they were a juggernaut for a reason. They won seven in a row for a reason. They they literally had a hundred and something players and what thirty of them a year would go play college ball and it was like it was Yeah, they, they had college kids on the bench. It's on the bench. Yes, exactly. So the drop off wasn't significant enough, but like a, a regular old high school team, you know. Especially like, you know, West Charlotte or whatever. We got guys that go both ways, no doubt. Now, 
Grice, on the other hand, might have guys that don't go both ways because they got 900 kids. But hey, 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 again, it's impressive to see those guys that go both ways. But one thing I tell you that's one of the most impressive things we do is that our guru, Chris Hughes, ranks every single team in the state from 1A to 4A. Chris, we got to see those rankings. Let's start at 1A. All right, man, looking at the 1A, uh, Eastern Randolph is staying atop. They got a big game Friday night going again against another big 3A school, Burlington Williams. Uh, that'll be a tall task in one of the state's most beautiful stadiums up there in Burlington. Uh, Tarboro right there. Mount Airy has really had some blowout wins. They've really looked apart. Uh, Robbinsville, you know, they've lost to um, – Mountain Heritage or no to Brevard last week. Uh, Mountain Heritage lost to Pisgah. A lot of these big 1A schools are losing to some big time 2A, 3A powers. Uh, there you see Murphy in the mix. They've had a problem getting games. Uh, Thomasville is kind of lurking in shadows. We know what they're capable of doing. Uh, look at the back half Thomas Jefferson, Rosewood, Northside, Quinlan, Swain County. North Rowan had a big win, uh, beating a good North Stanley team. That's good for them. Riverside and Martin capping out the top 15. And and I think we'll move on up to the, the 2A rankings, guys. But there's some really good football uh, that takes place down in that 1A. Yeah, I think you're starting to see with 1A, I mean, especially with some of the, you know, the powers moving up to 2A, you're really starting to see that real cream of the crop as we don't really see the rankings changing a lot there in that 1A. Looking forward here to see this 2A. Yeah, and Coach Griner, and a lot of those guys do go both ways here in this 1A and even 2A. Uh, you see a lot of those guys just do not leave the field for 48 minutes. Reedsville, no surprise, number one. Uh, they're going to play Rockingham County this upcoming Saturday. Ooh. That was supposed to be this past week. Uh, big rivalry game up there, Crosstown Rivals. Uh, Northeastern, they're looking for a game Friday. Somebody needs to bow up and go play them. They're even going to give you some travel money. Salisbury, they got South Rowan. Uh, Hendersonville, they are all kinds of good. I'm telling you, this Hendersonville team is legit. It was an overtime, overtime loss away from going to the championships last year. Shelby, we know what they're made of. Maiden, they had the week off. Burns coming off that tough loss to Kings Mountain. Clinton's not played a lot of games yet. Washington's looking good. Uh, Wallace Rose Hill, they're looking for a game Friday. Whiteville, they're really strong. St. Paul's had a blowout win last night. First win of the season for them. First game of the year for them. Princeton, uh, they're moving up quickly. Uh, Holmes had their first game of the season this past weekend as well. I think they're a really strong team, as is Kinston. Uh, some good, good teams. Uh, Alex, as we've seen a lot, a lot of times this 2A and 1A even is brackets seem to be dominated by eastern teams well yes uh but the flip side of that is the the bracketing is always interesting and but this year is a little different since we have predetermined conferences in terms of who's going east who's going west which can skew the deal i mean we all know that historically when it comes down to it we're talking shelby and reedsville on paper and with with good reason and and the, the data bears that out so but i think you can open it up a little more this year because of the predetermined deals which will give some opportunities for teams in the eastern part of the state to uh, make some more noise i'm uh, very excited about that kinston team and the likes of two-way linemen speaking of going both ways two-way linemen uh nick harvey the third uh, who is number one in the number one academically in the Kinston High class of 2022, and is a major uh, Power Five level lineman recruit. Uh, so very excited about a young man like that and what he brings to the table academically, athletically, and otherwise. He participated in North Carolina Governor School in science this past summer. So uh, quite a tip to the hat for Kinston High School right there and Eastern North Carolina football.
All right. Uh, good, good, good deal, Alex. I'll go into third uh, to the uh -oh. three. This is the third week in a row that we've had a different number one. Uh -oh. Every we got to go back to it, Lance. I think we saw somebody. Granny, you never get your respect. The uh -oh. first time you make it on the 3A, Langston clicks away immediately. 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 He didn't want you to see it. No respect yet. That's how I feel. <laughs> I had to point that out. The lack of Randy Dangerfield level of disrespect my man Sam Griner's getting. Guru, take it away. We got a new number one in the 3A. Take it away. Yeah, man. Uh, for the third week in a row, essentially every week of the season, the number one team I've had ranked for 3A has gotten beat. Uh, that is not because they're slouches. They've just played aggressive 4A schedules. Uh, there you see Scotland County back in the number one spot. they got a big game coming up against Marlboro County. Uh, Lee County, they're number two. Dudley Falls uh, last week, uh, they're number three. Havelock, four. I, I would move Havelock up to number one. They've got the talent to do so, but they haven't played since the first week of the season, so it's just hard to jump them up there. Jacksonville, again, they're right there on that precipice of getting up into that top echelon. Kings Mountain had that big, big win uh, Friday against Burns. I, I think Kings Mountain isn't as far down the pecking order as I thought they were. Uh, Fayetteville 71st moving up. South Point, even with that loss to Hickory Ridge, looked really good. Uh, Crest are hanging in there. Wilson Hunt, uh, big-time season they're having. Uh, Northern Nash, uh, a lot of uh, good synergy coming out of that Nash County, Wilson County area. Uh, Cape Fear, Oak Grove, West Charlotte. There you got a big man. Uh, West Charlotte, the Mighty Lions are coming in there at 14th, and they very well could be good enough to be in that top 10 here really soon. Let's go. Uh, you got some tough I mean, games coming I mean, up against some much larger 4A schools, and, and then, of course, East Lincoln. Sam, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble here, but I'm going to be honest Talk with you. Talk your stuff, bro. Let's go. There's some team named Cape Fear that's better than us, and I'd be the hell with that. You know what I'm saying? ain't going to be true. <laughs> Right you, now. I, you, you know I, what, ain't no Sam? Fear lying, fear. Ain't no fear in a lion. I'm gonna tell you. Because you know right Sam doesn't fear anything. He's a superhero. Hey, all I, hey, all I want to know is, hey, Grant, if you lose a game, you already know who's gonna be calling you, trying to get you to come down. They might pay you to come down there. Dude, hey, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, he talking about aggressive 4A schedule. I'm trying to pay. We only play one team this 3A. So aggressive 4A schedule. I mean. If that's your if that's your pedigree, then just that gonna slap our whole schedule on there. <laughs> hey Sam, just just to clear the record up, you probably didn't know this. Uh, you know, I coached against Cape Fear a lot back in the day down in Fayetteville. They were in the state championship game all about four years ago. Coach Jacob Thomas, they do a great job there. Big physical team. I think you'd like their brand of football. Set it up. Set the game up. We need that. Yep. Get the coach yep. on here. We need Ain't the coach no on fear. here. Ain't no fear in the lion, baby. All right. Well, let's digress and let's move on up here to the big boys 4A classification. I don't think there's any question who our number one team is going to be again this week. Chambers, uh, they're 3-0. and They've had three very good-looking wins. Defense really stepped up and dominated Friday night against Glenn. Uh, Huff right there, number two. Huff is there. They're, they're sitting there waiting. They're waiting on their opportunity. Uh, they got a big game coming up against Cox Mill, who, by the way, has won six straight games since last year. That's going to be a tougher game than I think you imagine. Uh, East Forsyth there, number three. They had the week off. Grimsley had the week off. Um, are they um, Cardinal Gibbons? I mean, I think this Gibbons team may be better than even I think. Uh, you yeah, you I look think at their so. film, break down that team. They, they could be the two or three best team. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland is right there with them. Amarion Hampton, Newburn. They've got a big game against Mari, who's a Norfolk Virginia power coming yeah, down Friday that's night. Good. That's going to be a lot of D1 talent on that field. Make yeah. sure you check out one out. Obviously, Catholic, Weddington. Uh, happy birthday again, by the way. Andy Capone's birthday is today. Uh, Richmond County there at 10. Uh, Northern Guilford, Myers Park, Butler, uh, 
Butler lost, but, you know, you, you can't really hurt them too bad for going out and playing who they played, Wake Forest, Southview. Uh, man, I could go 60 deep in terms of really good 4A teams. It's just a tough, tough uh, class. 4A fight club, I think it's a lot of Mather Creek took down one of his top 15 teams. No, we, we're not. We're not grinding. We're not worried about being I'm in there saying, right now. Man, like what's being there in the end? That's that's hey, our. Look, Chris, Chris, we're not really worried. Like us, to be honest, Chris really just. Don't hey, like no, Chris, Chris, where are we? When I get one of those, where are when I get one of those gold shirts, I'll probably like you a little bit better. <laughs> I wear, I wear it when I'm at the tennis courts practice. Touche, I owe Alex one too. Touche. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, anyway, uh, Grice, uh, we've got some fresh faces to talk about. I know, man. Hey, I'm excited to see it. Drop it, Langston. We need it. it up this first guy's gonna be justice Gorsett, running back from northmore high school uh those guys have been tearing it up uh, here's some highlights against north stokes they also just dominated this week just annihilating a really strong elkin program uh, there you see him right there at the running back spot uh once he hits some daylight he is gone grice uh this guy has done nothing uh but score touchdowns all season long he can he can throw he can uh catch he can catch out of the backfield a uh, great looking player. Uh, he balled big time in the spring. That's kind of what got me uh, looking at him. And he's continued that on here through this fall season, Grice. Oh, man, you know, you put me onto him, Guru. And I mean, one big thing I like about him is his versatility. I mean, it seems like, you know, being able to catch out of the backfield, you know, he, he's got a couple moves, but if he needs to stick his head down and really get forward to get some extra yards after contact, he seems completely willing to do so. And again, Guru, you put, you know, you put me onto a guy, I already know that they were talented and this guy seems to be just that. So I'm excited to see what he can do for the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, again, great. Great-looking running back there, Justice Dorsett, Northmore High School. Uh, the one thing that, that I really like about him is he may be a little undersized. Uh, he he has that first gear, though. Once he hits there, he hits the hole and runs really quickly through it. Uh, and, and you know, as a defensive player, you got you got to carry those guys down. And sometimes once a guy gets running north-south, downhill, uh, it's hard to bring a guy down. So a great, great little talent there. Uh, who, who's our next guy today, Grice? Yeah, uh, this guy, you know, is a fresh face guy, a kid I've, I've coached in, you know, in youth football, but a guy that, you know, wanted to show me that he's gotten a lot better and continue to perform well. So Dwayne Gissendanner out of Providence High School um, played you know, against us this past week. Providence was gracious enough to uh, put us on the schedule last minute. This kid plays corner, and again, he's, he's a guy that you can leave on an island if need be. Uh, he's got great speed, but also, as you see on the bottom, you know, bumper there, He's a guy that can return kicks as he had a 100-yard kickoff return uh, this past week. Actually had a 77-yard touchdown on the offensive side of the ball. But one great thing with him as a corner, if he gets an interception, be prepared for this guy to be able to take it the next to the next way, you know, the next level. And I mean, he's going to be able to return one if you're not careful. But I, I like him just, you know, even with game planning against him, you knew he's a guy that's always going to be right there with your receiver. He's physical enough, even though he's slightly undersized, he's physical enough to where he won't get dominated, but he has the speed to make sure he can you know, he keeps up with any receiver and makes a play on the ball at any time. Yeah, you know, as an offensive coach, Grice, you've got to 
account for uh, defensive players, defensive backs, corners especially. Uh, you know, in today's era of just throwing the ball around the field, if you've got a guy at the high school level that can essentially take half the field away, that's a real talent. Definitely. And then Providence and Coach Ward, those guys really make sure that they'll utilize you know, whatever they can to help other guys, knowing and trusting that he's a guy they can place on an island and don't have to worry about any coverage breakdowns. Uh, those Boaz uh, brothers, uh, that, that's proved to be an incredible athletic family. Uh, they, they have produced some great talent uh, from the father on down. Uh, and, and this guy right here, Folger Boaz, doesn't seem to be any exception to that rule. Oh, my goodness. The coaches are, are just blessed to have such talent. You know, again, we, we had Jefferson. Now we have Folger. And, and I, the one thing I like about him in this offense is the continued efficiency. You know, you see here 20 of 26 in the game uh, on Friday, 319 yards. They allow these kids to make great decisions. A kid with a high football IQ like he has, you see he's getting the ball out of his hand, but he can stay in the pocket and take a hit because of his size while still delivering that pass for a touchdown. That's one thing you always look about these kids. You know, we want about these kids are they gun shy when they're in the pocket yeah as you can see here has the confidence also to get out of the pocket and if you're not accounting for him in the run game he's going to make you pay as he did here so great looking kid when i saw the last name you already understand the caliber and and you know the quality of the player he's going to be the tape completely reflects that and i look forward to seeing whatever it is he chooses to do as i think you told me he's a, he's a great baseball player so Absolutely. whatever avenue he's going to go i think he's going to be really successful yeah and you can tell by those clips he's a left-handed quarterback it's always a little unique, a little different, uh, but he really slings that ball, and he is a gunslinger of a baseball player as well. So he's got an insanely bright future. Hey, we've got a guy now from Mooresville coming up. Uh, Jawarn Howell had 196 yards, three touchdowns Friday, uh, got a 3-5 GPA. I think that's always the most uh, telling stat to highlight. Uh, look at this guy, Grice. I mean, Mooresville running back, I, I, are we, you know, any of us surprised? Coach Nixon and uh, Coach Haberkamp, the running back coach up there, they always seem to have a guy that can that can tote the rock. You had Glenwood Robinson last year that was the head of the, the running back crew. Now Howell takes that same mantle against, you know, against some top talent. Having 196 yards and, and three touchdowns, I'm not surprised. I mean, all Mooresville seems to do is churn out running backs. Again, you see the size, six foot 195. I, I don't see too many scat backs in, in, in their stable. They seem to have these big bruising backs that have the speed and then also can, can attack whenever it need be. So I'm excited to see, again, another Mooresville running back that's going to have great success and, you know, see what he can do. But I love how they highlight the GPA. This kid is, is able to be a true student athlete while he's big and bruising all, on Friday nights. He's got his head in the books on Saturdays. Man, and you're right about one thing. Uh, Mooresville has always had big-time backs. Uh, back when I was in school, they had a guy named Monty Knox that was really good. Uh, Corey Alexander that went to South Carolina. Mooresville has produced some incredible <laughs> backs in the day, and, and I'm sure this guy hasn't fallen far from that running back tree they've got out there somewhere behind that stadium. Uh, but, man, that was some great-looking fresh faces tonight. Oh, I'm excited to see what we come up with next. I mean, again, having this full season now, felt like by the time we started the season last year and highlighting fresh faces, it was over. I'm ready to see some other guys emerge from out of the, you know, out of the darkness of, of, of the state and see what guys are ready to take on the next stage. All right. That was a great segment, Grace. Oh, yeah. Always love, you know, fresh faces. And that's one of my favorite segments because we get to highlight some kids, especially like, you know, with the guy we played with, Gissendanner, somebody you're, you're sitting there watching film on. And it's like, hey, man, this is a really good football player. And, you know, it's cool that we're able to highlight those guys. Absolutely.
All right, wait a minute. So I think, you know, we're always, I'll tell you, Langston always complains about us being heavy on this show. This is the fastest segment and guaranteed not the reason why we're usually getting off here too late. So let's go to 60 Seconds with Chris. Hello, pro football fans. Welcome to another week of high school football. It's week four now, so uh, you've got 60 seconds for Chris. Uh, I'm going to give it to you hard and heavy. Got a lot of game balls to give away this week, uh, so that's going to take up the bulk of it. As you see, I'm sitting here in the office this week. I'm not out in the pool. I'm not by the pool, uh, but either way, you're still going to get 60 seconds from me. Uh, so let's go ahead and give it to you. By the way, before I start, I still want to give some thoughts and prayers to everyone affected over at Mount Tabor High School, at New Hanover High School. Even though that necessarily didn't happen to football players, you know that those teens are still coping uh, with the tragedy and the trauma of that happening in their school. So uh, for me, I want to throw it out there to them. Uh, we're still thinking about you. Anyway, Guru's Game Balls, uh, we've got a lot to do, so we're going to start the clock, and we're off. All right, Lucas Lenhoff, quarterback at Myers Park High School. He had another big win in their uh, – Victory over Reagan Friday night. Uh, I don't think that young man's had a bad game yet. Uh, given to running back Donovan Shepard, you probably could count on two hands how many running backs have gone into Raider Stadium and put about 200 yards against the Raiders, but he did it in their big win Friday night. Uh, North Rowland receiver Amari MacArthur, 272 yards on five catches. That's 17th in the state for game yardage. That's a county record. Man, you deserve a Guru's game ball. Justice Dorsett, Northmore running back. They had a big 49-14 win over Elkham. 230 yards rushing, 320-some yards total offense, several touchdowns, big-time performance, game ball justice. Henderson quarterback Gavin Gosnell, he's a baller. You know that. Uh, got more quarterbacks on the list. Uh, how about uh, Folger Boaz, the Surrey, big time. Uh, I think my clock's about to go down. Uh, let's not forget about those big uglies as well at Salisbury High School. Salisbury defensive lineman Nick Hall, he, he's a – He's a baller. He's a monster. He had that big performance, one of the defensive player of the game against uh, in the state championship game against St. Paul's. He had – oh, that, there's the bell. I want to finish that thought. He had 10 total tackles Friday night, five for loss, uh, five sack, uh, two sacks, um, five assisted tackles. I mean, he is a baller. I also want to throw it out there to a couple coaches. Uh, Cox Moe coach Sean Baker uh, had a big win on the road against – York County, 17 to 14. About his his team, Cox Mill, they have won six straight games dating back to last year. They got a big one Friday night. And also, Weddington coach Andy Capone. Happy birthday, coach. You're getting a game ball. Your team's also 3 and 0 uh, for 60 seconds with Chris. I'm the guru. We'll catch you next time. All right, man. That was 60 seconds. Actually, ran a little bit over today, but it's okay. We had so much content to talk about. Uh, but, uh, man, we got the Grices right. So let's hit it. Oh, that's right. We don't have the music. I should have read that. Wow. Oh, see how Lincoln right. does me, Griner? You see? That's so sad, man. This he does. We all, that's terrible, man. Believe it, or, believe it or not, during that segment, I was on the phone trying to put together a game for Northeastern up in Elizabeth City. Nobody it. wants to play them. Uh, they're, and they're willing to give gate money, travel to you. It don't matter. Nobody's willing to play them. Uh, but anyway, uh, we, we got our games of the week starting this week. Uh, you see it right there at the top. Um, Hickory Ridge at Chambers. Big time game. Uh, I think Hickory Ridge has a chance. Just call me crazy, but I think they do. Mallet Creek's going down to Gaffney. Uh, Wake Forest to Cardinal Gibbons. That's a big time game. Uh, Mari at Newburn mentioned that one. Weddington at AK. Um, Myers Park going down to Atlanta to play Buford. Uh, Grimsley at Pinecrest. And, and am I supposed to stop? I'm not sure. Uh, uh, and, and Huff at Cox Mill. I mentioned that one. Mountain Heritage at Hendersonville. Hills, Hillside at Rollsville. Uh, those are some big time games. Um, any thoughts on those? Well, it's funny. Um, I 
Jupiter Wilson, I, I'm more excited about Hickory Ridge versus Julius Chambers JV game Thursday night. Now, I think that'll be a super competitive game. Um, you know how Julius Chambers calls ourselves the money team. Well, Jupiter Wilson calls his JV team the collection team. So uh, we're going to find out what happens there. That's going to be exciting. All right. All right. Hey, let's let's go to our game of the week. All right, Grice. So here, here's our big game of the week. Uh, I, I got to get your um, your take on it. Got to get your keys on this game. Uh, who's going to win? What, what's the big takeaway heading into it? Yep. So you know, Weddington Arger Kell, and I think this one's kind of flew under the radar a little bit. I mean, you have two you know undefeated teams as Arger Kell continues on their Union County showdown. You know, I think their big win against Marvin Ridge, who we saw, you know, of course, with an impressive victory the week before over Independence. You know, their Arger Kell's domination of that of, of that Marvin Ridge team shows that they're for real. They get the chance to show that against an emerging Weddington team. The big keys here, you know, for Weddington, you know, who's the big time play, player in the post Will Shipley world? I think. The the last few years, Coach Capone has really had that reliance on, you know, Will Shipley. And even before, you know, everyone forgets about older brother uh, James that was actually the, the, the first state champion. He actually was their MVP. So he's had Shipley's in his world for a long time. This is the first year where he's having to depend on guys like Zion Patterson, Landon Backey, and Griffin Reimer. So some of those new faces, I guess, to all of us, those are key cogs in that offense and, you know, really something that, that Capone's going to have to really depend on as he gets ready ready to face uh, Arger Kell here. Um, the second one, you know, we've known Arger Kell for offense. We know them to put up, you know, put up points there. But if you've looked so far and how they played, they've played well and really relied on their defense. I mean, I think that was the big shocker in that Marvin Ridge game of how well the defense played. We saw the interview with uh, Switzer. You know, you see that they are really focused on defense. And I guess with, you know, with Coach Jockham taking over, that has been an emphasis and it's there. Weddington, of course, they've always had, strong, you know, strong defense, holding each of their opponents so far to seven points uh, per game. When you have two defenses coming together, we know defense wins championships, but the one that has the most success in this game is going to be the team that wins. And finally, you know I'm all about the QBs. There's a QB battle, and, and again, we, you know, when I talked, you know, Richmond County Butler, it was about which QB would make the big play. You know, we saw, you know, Caleb Hood and Xavion Brower were two big-time quarterbacks that put up crazy numbers. These two guys with Broster House and Curtis, they're the guys, and, and more so of a game manager, and, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, but when you have defenses as great as them, high-efficiency quarterbacks and making passes and eliminating mistakes is going to be the key for success in this game. When you're playing great defenses, and we all know it, the quarterback that makes the least mistakes typically is the one that's going to have success and I believe it's nothing different here so whichever one of these quarterbacks is able to be successful limit mistakes and hit that big play when they get the opportunity they're going to be the one to lead their team to victory yeah I'm super excited about this game actually like if if I didn't have my own game I would go to this one it's just a this is a huge battle between like two areas that are very close to each other so this is kind of a huge rival without it being a rival yet necessarily. I think this is going to be really big to see who's going to be serious in the 4A division because both of these teams are teeter-tottering to being a great team instead of being a good team. And uh, whoever wins this, I think you can consider a great team. Oh, I agree 100%. Drew, what are your thoughts? No, I think so as well. Uh, and, and I think they are both 
really, really good teams. I don't think either of them are a great team yet, but like you mentioned, Sam, I think they're they're, they're right on that edge, and and they both could become great teams before the end of the year. Uh, you know, they're still kind of young, both of them. There's they're still a lot of players that haven't played together, and as they build cohesiveness and and practice. And you know, teams are made in practice; they're not made on Friday nights. They're made in practice, and they, and they'll they'll get better. Um, Alex, there's also some big time games heading on up there in the triad or the triangle area. I'm sorry, uh, up there in Raleigh this week. Uh, what, what do you have your eyes on? Hey, burned up that mic again. <laughs> hey, I had the, I had the mic off because I wanted to make sure that I kept the noise down since we didn't have music for Grice. And it didn't, uh-huh. have, it didn't have to go Rick Rude style. I, w- I wanted to make sure I kept the noise down. So I just want to be certain. Um, 1401 Edwards Mill Road, Raleigh, North Carolina, 27607. That would be the home of Cardinal Gibbons High School welcoming welcoming the Wake Forest Cougars this Friday. You think the fires for this aren't stoked? Everyone still remembers Cardinal Gibbons stopping Wake Forest's 45-game winning streak in August of 2019. These teams were supposed to meet last season. Protocols precluded that from happening. So obviously the fires are stoked for this one. Look for the irresistible force and the immovable object kind of deal to go head to head with two of the premier programs in the greater triangle area. Cardinal Givens coming off last week's win at Richmond County, which gave Crusaders head coach Stephen Wright his 100th career win. A tremendous opportunity here for uh, someone like Cardinal Givens defensive coordinator Nick Drew to add yet another uh, distinguishing carrot to his already impressive resume, which includes two wins over Richmond County and a win over Scotland County and a win over Wake Forest, over Wake Forest. So uh, great opportunities abound all the way around. This is the game of the week. I agree. It, it is certainly a big one. It's one of two that I wrote about in tomorrow's paper. Uh, Grice, you know what time it is. It's time for Grice's Gems. Let's get it. All right, my man Grice, it's that time again. Uh, Grice and the Guru, uh, Grice's Gems, I don't know, but uh, we, we had another big week of football around the state, and it's about time we look at some of the big performers. Oh, definitely. And I mean, you know, we're starting to get in that point where we're starting to see these, who these teams really are. And as we see, you know, we have some guys here that have had some big performances for some top teams in the area. So we'll first start here with Tanner Ballou here of Northwest Guilford. You know, you see here a high percentage passing, 24 34, 365 yards and four touchdowns and a big 41 21 win over Winston-Salem Reynolds. You know, it's a big performance there by a big time quarterback. And again, in that, that three through six area, we're starting to see some of the emergence of some good quarterbacks here. I mean, we know, uh, of course, about Barnett. You know, we, we now see Tanner really putting up some big numbers in that area as well, trying to join the, the likes of, of some of the elite in that area. You know, guys, I was breaking down some of the film in Northwest, and they had that big blowout loss to East Forsyth in week one, uh, but have since blown out everyone since then, uh, and he has looked really good. Uh, and, and I think this Northwest Viking team is a really good team. of Blue is an exceptional quarterback, great arm strength, good accuracy. I think that just seeing how strong this Northwest team is, also, and I know this ain't about East Forsyth, but I think it further strengthens how good that East team is. Uh, yeah, I agree. Of talent in the triad. 
I agree. And again, I was about to say, you know, losing uh, in blowout fashion to East Forsyth doesn't seem as bad anymore when you look at that Rollsville score and see East Forsyth really rolling there. So again, you know, able to bring that team back on track, a big performance there getting, you know, off the schneid against Winston-Salem Reynolds, got to have them as a crisis gym. This next guy here, again, is a, you know, is of no surprise. I don't know if, you know, he's had a bad game yet this year. I mean, Lucas Linoff, of course, of Myers Park. You see 22 of 27, 354 yards with four total touchdowns, splitting them between two pass and two rushing touchdowns in the win over Reagan. You know, we talked about, again, I, you know, I always call him the baby I make up there in the 336, that conference there. You had Reagan as one of those teams. We also talked about Glenn, of course, with Chambers, but Reagan facing Myers Park. This was a chance for that area to make a statement, and we really see the cream of the crop down here in the 704 rising. And, again, big team, big win. Your big star has got to play well. And Lucas, again, is continuing off of a, a great start here to the fall 2021 season. Yeah, I've been really impressed with what I've seen out of Lucas uh, adapting to a new regime at Myers Park. A lot of new faces around me, but he has been steady. He has just continued to get the job done. And as you mentioned, against a really good Reagan team, uh, that Reagan team that, by the way, took Grimsley to the brink the previous week as well. Uh, so that is no slouch win by any means. That's a grade A performance, definitely worthy of a crisis gym. 100%. So we move forward again here to Amari MacArthur of North Rowan. You see those big numbers, five catches for 272. Yes, 272 yards, three touchdowns, and a 36-32 win over North Stanley. Chris, I've got it here. Those numbers, you know, once they become official, but, you know, at 272, that ranks 17th all time in North Carolina public school history and shatters the Rowan County record. So, again, I won't say shattered because the, the previous number is 264. But, again, that wasn't, in, you know, until 2014. So, a big performance here by Amari MacArthur and a big win. And as you can see, over North Stanley, he was a defining factor. And, again, we got to highlight him here as a Grice's gem. So, five big catches over here in the game. Well, I've seen him at about 140 already just in those two receptions. So that's a big night uh, by uh, him and North Rowan. Obviously, being a Rowan guy myself, uh, that, that's some great competition. North went out, you know, they beat a 3A South Rowan team last week, beat a North Stanley team that's now a 2A. And North Stanley has just owned North Rowan the previous couple of years. Even in games that I thought North was better, they've just had their number. And, and for him to come out and have that big performance, and that is an enormous win for that program, a uh, great job there from MacArthur. Yep, and let's bring it back to the 4A here. As we talked, you know, I was able to, of course, talk to Coach Till last week. He mentioned after a big win against Butler, he had to get right back on a short week to play Cardinal Gibbons. We see, of course, they had a tough time with the run here with Donovan Shepard we have as a Grice's gym. 34, yes, 34 carries, 178 yards, two touchdowns, and a big win over Richmond Sr., which we knew was going to be tough for them. But, you know, Guru, 34 carries. We don't see too many backs with 34 carries in a game anymore in high school. You really don't, and against a tough team like Richmond as well, yeah, that, that is quite the performance. I had a chance to watch this game streamed live, and there you see him right there in the all-white. Uh, look at him. Look at the vision. Just kind of slicing his way through the Raider uh, team, and um, Richmond is always known for having those big linebackers and those guys being able to play the field side, the sideline to sideline, and, and for him to have that vision and elusiveness to get in there. Let's just watch him right here uh, out in the open. Um, nope. Yeah, oh, wow, the wheel ride out there to the goal line uh, in the end zone. Great, great opportunity uh, to showcase him there against such a good team. Uh, but that seems to be all that Gibbons does is play big-time teams, and those guys just continue to elevate their performance each week. 
Yeah, and again, you see, it seems like he's getting better every week. Again, we know they played Chambers in, in week one, played them tough. We see right there they have another big win against a tough opponent in Richmond County. So a performance like that is definitely worthy of a Grice's gym. I wish, wish Griner was here on the screen with us, man. You know, we, I, I, He acts like I don't highlight defensive players. Well, when you have a defensive performance like this by Hudson Staley in the Pine Lake Prep, he's got to get a Grice's gym. So here we've got 24 tackles. 24 tackles, I said, two forced fumbles, and an onside kick recovery in Thursday's 20 to 8 win over Bessemer City. We know Bessemer City, you know, likes to likes kind of pack it in and, and play a, a more traditional or old school type of offense. So, you know, when you have a situation like that where I call phone booth football, linebacker play is going to be vital in securing the win. Wow, look at him right there at that Mike linebacker position. Where in number 44? Is that a tough number or what for football? Uh, that is the one. There he goes right through the A gap and boom, brings down the runner. Uh, that's <laughs> some very solid linebacker play. I like, I can just tell right there in two clips of him. Look, look at him. There's no hesitation with that first step. He sees ball, gets ball. That's a good looking football player. 100%. And again, you know, when you have a team like this with a run heavy attack, this linebacker has no fear of a pass dropper, no even thought of, of a potential pass here. And again, you see him all leaning forward, ready to, you know, fit the run, make big plays against a team that's going to play some in your face football. You see, there was one of the forced fumbles that, you know, was able to help his team get a victory and hold Bessemer City to eight points on Thursday. So, hey, Griner, again, we like to highlight defensive players that do well. You get 24 tackles, that's a Grice's Gym award. And again, Ward recipient there we're excited and i think that you know when we get to next week we're going to get into conference play here shortly i'm expecting to see some major performances against some top talent so as always if you ball we're going to make sure we give you the call grice's gems man if you ball you're going to get the call grinder they got some defensive duty this week man, 24 tackles is pretty impressive my That's favorite very, on that third very, down when he very, very impressive. So we, we brought Coach Griner in this segment because I actually got some requests for you in this segment. And I'm going to play host and let Alex ask to answer the questions once got to go. Up first, book types. Uh, we'll go top to bottom on these questions. Uh, fiction, nonfiction, biography, autobiography. Alex, what do you got? Fiction can go because we already have too much fiction in what's supposed to be fact. If you want to see fiction, just go to the sideline of college football and college basketball games and look at head coaches. Television has turned them into actors purporting to be things that they're not. <laughs> Therein lies the fiction amidst the fact. So since we're going to have fiction amidst what supposedly is fact, fiction can go. Gary, <laughs> you got to follow that. I can't. I can't. Uh, fiction. I just, I just don't like make believe. I don't like science fiction. I don't like fiction. All right, uh, Dale Ross, what you got? Autobiography. Why so? Just don't. I others. Uh, the uh, other options allow you to exercise your mind. All right. Autobiography does not. Samuel, football coach, what type of book's going to go? Uh, autobiography as well, because anybody that's writing a book about themselves can be um, a little challenging, I think. I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't be, you know, a biography I'm fine with because someone else is writing a story about someone. Right. Um, but you know, autobiography, I, I'm not a huge fan of. I like the fiction. Most times they're hiring a, a ghostwriter, but okay. 
One's got to go, Alex, uh, on football night for the NFL. We're kicking Sunday night football out. We're kicking Monday night football out or Thursday night football. Gary actually moved our show so he could watch Monday night football. So I know what answer he's not going to give. But go ahead, Alex. Thursday night football has to go. Matchups aren't very good. Praise to praise be our good friend and the great Charlie Adams, always an advocate for protecting Thursday and Friday nights for high school football. Well, he and must I be rolling over on Friday because, man, it's all kind of cosplay. And I will continue. I will continue that legacy and tradition, even though he's smiling down upon us. I will be a staunch proponent of that until the end. Staunch even more so than Langston Wirtz is about city county championships. <laughs> Here we go. About, about how late basketball games start in Charlotte Mecklenburg schools and and and, and about how um, uh, triangle area teams play home games in state championships. Staunch about that. Thursday night football has to go. Thursday night football has to go. The Raleigh teams definitely get home field advantage in the champ state championships. Uh, Gary, you can't say Monday night football because you moved the dang on show. So which one of these got to go? <laughs> Thursday night and you hit the nail on the head. The scheduling is bad. Uh, the teams don't have enough time to prepare. I think if they were coming off a bye week um, and then they played Thursday, it, it would be okay. But, you know, the way the NFL schedule is set up, you know, they get Monday and Tuesday to practice. They're traveling on Wednesday, playing on Thursday. I, that's not enough time to to heal up and, and to, to put in a, a, a sophisticated game plan that the NFL – usually has, so I would say Thursday night football. Mr. Ross, what we got? Thursday night as well, same reasons. Samuel. I'm gonna go against the grain here. Um, I look forward to Thursday night football when you come in because- That bad you know, football? He, huh? Yeah, he's bad football. So the thing I, I would get rid of just because the Cowboys play too much on it is Sunday night football. I've been going through the whole day <laughs> Going through the whole day after four thirty, I'm I'm footballed out. I got to watch my own film, and I just get tired of looking at them Cowboys. And, and but so you hear you heard the key word. He watches. He gets tired of it, but he watches. It's painful. It's painful, but yes. I don't know. I don't know. Alex, I'm scared to ask this question. What was the biggest opening weekend flop in college football around here? UNC, Miami, LSU, or Clemson. Miami, Florida teams, I'm talking Miami, Florida, and Florida State are known historically for not liking to play games outside the state of Florida. Now, come on, Miami, if you're going to continue that tradition and still look this bad, don't waste your time playing a team like Alabama that's going to embarrass you all the more. If you're going to look that bad, at least just schedule somebody in your backyard. You like playing in Florida, so at least just go ahead and schedule FAMU. Cause then nobody scared, no nobody cares how bad you look. At least we'll get a great halftime show. Well, Miami has the quarterback get all the hype, but I think it's. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's a one man team, but the other players didn't seem to be up to his level. He was getting killed, and Alabama's is really really good. Gary, what you, you just said it's a one man team because it is. Uh, Gary, what do you got? I didn't say that. Gary, what do you got? Well, based on the anticipation for me, of course, it was Carolina, um, but. Nationally, just to be a football fan, I think, like Alex said, Miami was just non-competitive. 
At least the other games were competitive. Miami wasn't competitive, so I, I think they would they would be my choice for the biggest opening flop. Mr. Dan Ross. Without question, UNC overhype flop. Hype and flop. Okay. Samuel. I'm gonna go with LSU. Um just think that they played poor. They haven't they hadn't got over the hump. They were so dominant when they won the national championship a couple of years ago. And then now I, I don't see how you drop off so significant. What did Coach O say about those blue shirts? Sissies. He called them sissies. <laughs> that's something my granddaddy used to say. He thought, he thought they got could take off sissy. some sissy blue shirt. That was not a good look. Uh, Alex, tailgame activity. What's got to go? Cornhole, passing the football, card games, board games. Passing the football. Steve Harvey got it right in one of his routines when he talked about um, you, you, you talk about uh, you go to a concert and you have uh, these uh, musicians who want everyone to uh, do something. Put your hands in the air, waiting like you just don't care. <laughs> they, 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 they want you to shout and, and, and they want you to scream and, and, and everybody's got to do something. But Steve Harvey got it right. If I'm going to a football game, I paid to watch you sh- throw a football. I don't want to help out. If I'm going to watch a football game, I don't want to pass a football. I paid to watch you pass a football. You throw the football. All right, so which one's going? Passing a football. Passing a football. Gary, no. what you got? <laughs> Alex is on a roll tonight. Yes, he is. Um, yes, he is. You know, I, I think about some of the Panther games I've gone to, and you, you're in these crowded parking lots, and you got people throwing the football, and they're yelling, look out, you know, or watch out. Can you throw me that ball back? It's always the people that can't throw and can't <laughs> catch that want to play football in the parking lot. So, and it's annoying, you know, <laughs> because they're not athletes. You can see it, but they want to throw the ball around. So uh, passing the football is the most annoying thing in the tailgate. Damn. Passing the football. How many real football players do you see pass footballs at the tailgate? It's always like Gary said, people that don't play. All right. I don't understand. Like, I've never even seen someone play card games at a tailgating thing. So how that's got to go. Like, card games? Passing the football. I, 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 I have seen card games. I've not seen cornhole. Oh, I've seen some major space games. At yeah, I, I haven't seen, okay. seen cornhole. Uh, that, that was, oh, that board, was, what about board games? You see people playing, what, checkers or something like that? What do you see? I haven't seen that either. Yeah, see, one of them. I don't go to a lot of, I don't go to a lot of tailgates. Uh, Alex, what video game has to go? Call of Duty, Madden NFL, NBA 2K, or Fortnite? And don't say the middle two because my kids will kill you. <laughs> Wait, for, Fortnite? I, I I thought Fortnite was the nickname for the two weeks of Wimbledon each summer at the All England Tennis Club. <laughs> the Wimbledon Fortnite? I thought that's what Fortnite was. Fortnite? Isn't that kind of the same thing as when uh, years ago when Michael Jordan was asked about what he thought about playing, the possibility of playing for a college coach? And he said, who are you talking about, Pink Floyd? <laughs> uh, for, Fortnite. I, I thought that's what we were talking about. Wimbledon. 
Oh, Fortnite, man, get Fortnite out of here. I, if, we're, if we're talking Fortnite, I'm going to have some strawberries and cream at the All England Lawn and Tennis and Croquette Club. Fortnite's got to go. Gary. The the top three, Call of Duty, Madden, NFL, and NBA. Of course, I bought my share of those for my kids. So, you know, every now and then I pick up the controller. Fortnite, I have no clue what it is, how it works. It's so violent. Fortnite would be the one would have to go for me. I've never seen it. Mr. Ross, what you got? Gary, Fortnite's probably one of the more popular games right now. It absolutely is. Uh, I'm, I don't play much games, uh, many games anymore, but I'd get rid of NBA 2K. NBA 2K. Samuel, what you got? Yeah, I would go to NBA 2K as well. See, think about this. Call of Duty, Fortnite, they're relevant all year long. But Madden's only relevant near football season and right afterwards. NBA 2K, a lot of people ain't playing 2K now. See what I'm saying? So. Not, not in my house. Well, I guess, <laughs> I guess it's time. What time is it, man? It's time to rumble. Lock the daggone door. Lock it. Go. Welcome to another edition of man it's time to get it done but hey before we get started langston won't be too mad at me i gotta break some news this phone has been burning up all day one of our games of the week mountain heritage at hendersonville is now off because heritage has some contact tracing hendersonville i've been talking all day about teams being aggressive hendersonville has gotten really aggressive and they're going to host the south carolina 3a state champion daniel Lyons on friday night that's a big time game i had to throw that Whoa, out there. that's big that's a big, that time big, game. That big game so anyway uh it's time to get this uh coach versus coach going on my favorite segment of the show uh by far uh where you two guys are just going to go at it uh who i don't remember who went first who wants to go first this week I go first. That's fine. Right. Yeah, I'll all defer right. the second half. I'll defer. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Uh, coach versus coach. Question number one How to determine playoff qualifiers if COVID forces you to miss conference games? You know, I think you need to play a minimum of three conference games. Um, and then you can judge anything off of those three and then your overall record. Um, but strength of schedule, that's got to play a part of this. Um, I just think that if you're someone that missed five conference games, you shouldn't be able to make it. I can understand that. I think, you know, one of the great things about the climate that we're in, and again, you know, Guru just brought it up. Guys are just playing people. It's enough of whatever. It's enough of this over here, that over here. Guys, you want to play? Let's play. So if there's a situation where you have two teams that need that we need to determine who's the better team, heck, schedule the game on a daggum Monday. Play on a Monday and then play that playoff game on a Saturday. Whatever it is, get it done by teams playing other teams. I was so blessed even for us playing our first game. You know, you're happy, you're sad, whatever about the game. I made sure to shake Coach Ward's hand and said, thank you for stepping up to play yeah. again. Like that, just point blank period. Guys just want to play. And you get to really see about guys, you know, guys and teams that just want to get out there and go. These teams need to figure out who's the best. Let them play. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there, Grice. And, and, and not to jump on, but to kind of grandstand there with you on that point. I had a coach who – 
who had said that he had turned down thereabouts 12 games in the past two or three days from teams willing to play them. And his reason being is he needed a win. And I think that his school, his administration, his parents, his players would be really disappointed and would want some questions asked if they knew he was stealing an opportunity uh, from their players. So go go play somebody. My thing is, is if you've got – if you don't have meet that 80% threshold, whatever the threshold needs to be for conferences for you to hit that minimum number, you know what, maybe you can still get in, but guess what, you're going to be seated down with the wild cards towards the end. You're not going to be up there as that overall number one or whatever. I, I think that's the only fair way to do it. Uh, but, Grice, you're up here for question number two. Uh, once uh, we get screen, here we go. Best passing route combo versus zone coverage, cover two. Uh, get, give it to me. Well, I mean, that's why we're going to me. I mean, if Griner, if I'm, if I'm right, going to well, he's well, going to sit here and tell me, hey, it's too high safety. Run the dang ball. But, you know, me, I love a little smash. I mean, you talk about a two-by-two, two, you know, pass that here, you know, any formation you'd like. I want that outside receiver to run that five-yard hitch to ensure that corner has to come up and respect them. And now I have a slot receiver, one of my shifty guys. Griner's got a couple of them. I've seen him, seen him run those guys. I get that guy on a flat-footed safety who has to ensure that he has to cover him in a big old play the grass there with the quarterback having all the space he needs to deliver a great throw. That's my favorite concept. And Griner does not involve running the ball. <laughs> I Yo, see you gritting your teeth over there. Out of the last two games, there's not been a team that throws the ball more than West Charlotte. I'm going to tell you that right now. Like, You're not calling the plays. That's why. <laughs> what the hell? You don't think those are my plays, too? You know, I call them my so, look, you're right. I love the smash concept versus cover two, but I also like tagging one of the uh, slot receivers or someone on the hash that you can tag it with a post. Yeah. So a great combination is one of those, but then you can really set someone up with, like, a, a corner post, you know, and you can even be like, smash, smash, smash. And that, everybody on defense is like, oh, my God, I know what that means, smash. They're going to run a corner, and you roll into it and come back. Oh, yeah, it's naked. <laughs> Let me take that. We did a question and segment on great signals. That's the funny <laughs> thing. I've seen, I've seen corner post or cop where you either use a hat or you like do handcuffs, like you like you're being handcuffed for yeah. corner post because it's a cop. Yeah, that's that, that's a later segment though. That's on talking preps over to you or something. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take y'all back to 07 and my play calling days. Uh, we're gonna go twins right to the right. 621 boot thunder. Uh, that is a wheel combo from your slot that can become a wheel break off to an out at 15 yards with a post over the top. Uh, it's always good for that cover. Oh, yeah. Who knows? I haven't coached down a ball since 09, so who knows anything? It's All awesome. right, um, Coach. All right, here we go. Uh, coach Griner, this is up for you now. Uh, best, best base defense for most high school teams to play. Well, right. I already know Bryce knows nothing about this. Right, you don't have a clue about this one. Oh, I do. I, you know who my head coach was. <laughs> no, I know well, your answer, though. That's why I can't wait to hear your answer. Here's the thing. If you really teach really good defense, all right, and you can play in a cover two, then you're very, very sound. Like, if you have good run fits in a cover two and you're able to stop the run, you're always going to protect yourself in that cover two. You know, you can still play those corners deep enough that they read it correctly. They can help on the corner routes for uh, Grice's smash concept. But um, cover two is the, the safest way, base coverage. I think that's the safest way. To but go. what's your front, Griner? What's your front? Well, I'm an odd front. I'm an odd front guy. I'm an odd front guy. So yeah, we can't. 
I can't give all the diamonds of this thing. I He's an odd front guy. Everybody knows Griner's an odd front guy, but the four-two-five <laughs> is is the best defense. I, I think that I do oh, love it. But the, the funny thing is, Griner, is that so many people, like I go back and think about it, so many people, even in our conference, play an odd front that it's been is almost as much as the four-two-five. Like four or five years ago, you were really one of the only guys out here that loved odd fronts. Now Iowa State and all these other people, they've made it switch such the, the norm, and it's the hot, it's like the air raid, it's the hot thing on defense. So all your buddies out here running it. So the four two fives are a dang breath of fresh air. Well, yeah, here's give me a shit. Let me explain why an odd front is great for high school. All right. What is the hardest position to feel on a football field? Defensive line. So I'm telling you, it's easier for me to fulfill in five offensive linemen and only three defense alignment. When you start playing with that fourth, a lot of times, unless you got four studs, then you're you're putting not the best eleven on the field. That's why the odd front you can manipulate it. You could have six DBs on the field. You can have you know three down linemen, four linebackers, and four DBs. You can manipulate it more out of that odd front. That's why it's. Uh, I think I like it a lot. But you're bringing four anyway. You are bringing four. Yeah, I know you yeah, are. Yeah. I know. You're bringing four. Why not just put them there? You're you don't know four. I know you are. We don't know what four is coming, though. But I know it's either him or it's him. You, you ain't that fancy. You're bringing four, and the gaps are the same. Why not just line up in there? You want I'm to glad. I'm glad. You get, you get to see it next week. I'm, I'm glad that everybody's getting to see how much we argue and have a good time in the back on Talk to Press. You got we have a we have a group chat and all week long these guys have me cracking up in the group chat about different topics, high school, college pros. But one thing before we get out of here, I did want to ask you guys this. I wrote about this this past week. There's two schools in Charlotte that really want to play each other this week, one private, one public. They couldn't do it because CMS nixed it. This year, should CMS allow their schools to play private schools just like they got rid of two point rule for this year? Just I mean, to your point earlier, Grice, so teams could play each other? No. Um, sorry to be that aggressive with it. No, I, 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 I'm not in agreement with it. I mean, I think that, you know, it's one of those situations where let's just go ahead and keep it separate. I mean, you know, because again, you always hear the stuff about Catholic, no matter if they're, they're doing well or they're doing not. Everybody's always complaining about them being in, in a public you know, arena. You add all the privates in there. And I mean, just the scrutiny and the complaining is going to be worse no, than most no, of them. No, but but what, what, what they're asking for is not to join the league. They just want to be able to play a game. Like for if sure. I have an opening and Mallet Creek have an opening, let us play that weekend so we don't both miss games. That's what they're asking for. No, I agree. I understand what you're saying. And, and I'm okay. saying even for that point, I mean, it's different playing fields. And I mean, to me, I just don't think it's a good idea to do this now. Now, you say in the beginning of the season or you allow people to schedule teams. Sure, I'm completely fine with it. But right. I don't think you should just, you know, in the middle of the season say, hey, we know you guys have different rules. You know, you know, we know you have this established. It's too much tweaking and changing of the rules all of a sudden. And it's it leads just like with COVID and not to get too crazy with the CDC, but it's just like when you have changing guidance, it creates and stokes fear and confusion amongst people. That's never a good thing. I want to hear from the guru on this one. Well, I think they should play. You know, CMS will allow a team to play, let's just say Christian or, or Providence Day, if it's in a sponsored event, let's just yeah. say the, the Charlotte kickoff that's at the beginning of the year. They right. just don't allow them to play in their own scheduled events. I would like to see them. You know, I think that it's only a matter of time before Chad Greer turns Providence Day into a potential regional and maybe one of those national 
powers playing top teams. And, and if I was at a Mallard Creek or a Butler or a Chambers, I would want an opportunity to play a team like that uh, because you know a game like that would probably have a high opportunity of being on TV and would get a lot of publicity, and I think it would be good for them. I understand the drawbacks, but I just say let them play. All right. Well, it's that time for the show. We got to go to the big star on the one shot and give him his lower third and let him do his thing. Sam, spot of thoughts. No, I just, I just want to say I appreciate you guys letting me be on the show for as many years as we've done it. Remember how bad it used to be, Langston? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're about to, get, about to get into the meat of the season and uh, last last game before conference starts, so I'm just excited about it. It's going so fast. Football season, you're like, man, you got a long ways to go during the summer, and then now you're four games into it, so I'm excited. All right. Um, winter is coming. Is that the phrase? <laughs> <laughs> You like All right, that. guys, it's been a great show, man. I'm Langston, that's Sam, that's the guru, the number one voice of high school football, Chris Hughes, Dale Ross, Gary Richmond, Jonathan Grice, my man Alex Bass was on fire tonight. Woo! Tomorrow night, had it, he had his own autobiography. Uh, hold on, right? hold on, Sam. Tomorrow night, we have a great interview. I mean, just an absolute great interview with who, Grice? With Aaron Brand, the great, the illustrious Aaron Brand, legend on the field, legend of the bank. The stories he told, the things he said, uh, just incredible. Uh, Eight o'clock yeah. tomorrow, be sure you, you tune in. We'll be back next Tuesday with another crazy show, and we'll have, we're out talking preps. We'll catch you next week. I wish I was on there with Brand. We had some great battles.